This episode of The Sweaty Penguin is brought to you by salt water. Do you wish water were useless? Try salt water today. Welcome to another bonus episode of The Sweaty Penguin, Antarctica's hottest podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Brown. It is Friday, July 16th. You can subscribe to The Sweaty Penguin on Apple, Spotify, Google, Podcast Addict, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star rating and a review, and you will get a shout-out at the end of the show. The other way to get a shout-out? Join our Patreon. For as little as five bucks a month, you'll also get access to some Sweaty Penguin swag, exclusive bonus content, and more. You can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash thesweatypenguin. First off, a quick message to any of you Connecticut listeners out there. The Sweaty Penguin is a finalist in the Best Podcaster category for Connecticut Magazine's Best of Connecticut 2021 Reader Survey. We're so incredibly honored to be nominated for that. I'm from Connecticut and got to see so many great local businesses on there, and it's just so cool to be part of this list. But if you're a Connecticut resident, you can actually show your love for the Sweaty Penguin by voting for us on the final round of their survey. Go to ConnecticutMag.com, and the spot to vote is right there. And if you know anyone else in Connecticut, definitely let them know to vote for the Sweaty Penguin too. We're back with another bonus episode today, and we have got Leo Brother and Valina Georgie here for a bipartisan conversation about a previous episode. As always, both of them are new to these topics, at least they were before listening to the podcast, so you'll get to hear their initial reactions and see what kind of common ground they find. This week, Leo picked the episode, and he chose... Episode 33, Plastic Straws. So go listen to episode 33 if you haven't already. That's definitely one of my favorite episodes I've had the opportunity to write. And then come back here because we've got a fun conversation for you. But first, let's break down some of the latest environmental news. Well, you know we have to start with the Pacific Northwest heat wave, which took place a few weeks ago. 108 degrees in Seattle, 116 degrees in Portland, and a record 121 degrees in British Columbia. It was so hot that Canada had to switch out its mittens for gloves. But the temperature wasn't the only surprise in Canada. A marine ecologist in Vancouver found mussels in the water had actually cooked and popped open. Upon further inspection, each mussel even had a little dollop of cocktail sauce on it. And it wasn't just Canada. The U.S. Olympic trials for track and field were held a few weeks ago in Eugene, Oregon, and the last day of competition had to be postponed due to an all-time high 110-degree heat that afternoon. It's really too bad. Sydney McLaughlin and Ryan Krauser smash world records, and yet the record that got the most coverage was the temperature. What's worse, I don't think climate change has overshadowed anything before. It's like saying a library overshadowed something. But officials actually put a thermometer on the track itself, and get this, the track was 148 degrees. 148. One degree hotter, and they'd have to switch from track to the floor is lava. They'd just have to bring out the Olympic torches just to cool everybody off. 
And if that wasn't enough, Oregon has also been hit by giant swarms of grasshoppers, which is weird because I thought in Oregon, grasshoppers are what you call the hopscotch boards that lead you from the dispensary to the nearest store that sells Doritos. Meanwhile, on the other end of the continent, Hurricane Elsa slammed the East Coast last week. So suffice it to say, I guess we're not building a snowman anytime soon. I mean, we're really heading into the unknown here. We just have to take that dream and let it go. It is too bad, though, that Elsa is on the list of hurricane names. Sure, it might be an excuse to teach young people about hurricanes and climate change, but between Adele Dazeem and everyone complaining about Elsa, hasn't Adina Menzel suffered enough? Couldn't we have picked any other Disney character? Doesn't Hurricane Aladdin or Hurricane Daffy Duck have a better ring to it? The co-founder of Lululemon has recently purchased a Canadian island in order to preserve its critical habitat. Great! That sounds like a perfect place to wear tights and never do yoga. Right around when the Investor State Dispute Settlement episode came out two weeks ago, TC Energy decided to file an ISDS case against the U.S. in response to the U.S. revoking a key permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. And I have to say, it's kind of bold to sue someone for not wanting to buy your stuff. Imagine how much you'd clean up at a yard sale if you could sue anyone who doesn't buy your stuff. Yeah, that dresser's $10, or I'll sue you for $15 billion. take your pick. Californians were asked to cut water use by 15% as the state experiences a drought, but at least no one's coming after cold-pressed juice. And finally, the Aspinall Foundation recently announced plans to fly 13 elephants from the UK to Kenya, but Kenya's Ministry of Tourism and Wildlife was apparently unaware of the plan. Luckily, it all worked out when British Airways let them check their elephants at the gate. Do you ever drink water and think, man, this would be better if it dehydrated me? If so, salt water is for you. While large swaths of the world run out of fresh water due to droughts and extreme heat, salt water is in no danger of disappearing because it literally covers over 70% of the planet. Too lazy to go all the way to the ocean? Well, with sea level rise and hurricanes, the ocean will now deliver salt water right to your door. What a bargain. Salt water. Because even water deserves a little seasoning. Welcome back to this week's bonus episode. I'm here once again with Leah Brother and Valina Georgi. Leo and Valina, welcome back. Good to see you again. Thanks for having us, man. I'm always surprised that you let me back on here with the things that, with the ideas I come up with. I'm always thankful, but I'm always like, oh, he's letting me come yeah, back. Yeah, you, you think after Robot Bees, he would have had enough of us, but here we are. I know, yeah. <laughs> I choked last time. I literally choked during the podcast. Yeah, that's true. They didn't get to hear that, but we posted it on Instagram. So go check that out. Sweaty Penguin Pod, Sivalina choking on a Robot Bee. So this week... Leo got to pick the episode, and I was super excited at this pick. Leo, why don't you tell us what you chose? I chose the episode on plastic straws. Uh, I picked this one because as an environmental issue, it's something that's never really made a ton of sense to me. It seems kind of arbitrary. People are like, er, plastic straws, and other people are like, er, people complaining about plastic straws. It's always been such an arbitrary yet 
controversial hot button issue. And I was really happy with the way that Ethan sort of got down to the nitty gritty of it. And I'd love to throw my two cents in as well. Yeah, I was excited for this because, uh, and it's always very weird to me that the whole mission of the podcast is to uh, approach these issues from a very like fact-based, like this is the problem, this is what's going on, here's how it affects the environment and economy, and then here's some options of solutions, because I feel like problems are just facts, they're science, whereas solutions are where we can get into some debate with policy. And that is very reflected in our bonus episode conversations where people from different political backgrounds will often agree on a lot of stuff. And when people listen to them, they'll often say to me like, oh, maybe they're not as politically different as you're telling me they're... I'm like, no, I'm just good at what I do. But... (laughs) You're just that um, good, man. Yeah. Uh, But plastic straws is one of the more polarizing environmental issues, I feel like, which is part of why I was really excited to see where both of you were before the episode, where you're at after the episode, and have this conversation. Um, So... I guess I can start with you, Leo, since you picked the episode. What was your take on plastic straws prior to listening? And what was your take after listening? So my initial take was, like I said, that it seems like almost an arbitrary issue. And for me, it seemed like something that was almost used as a catalyst for people to get mad at other people about, rather than an issue with any sort of environmental impact whatsoever. But digging into the episode and sort of listening to the issues that people face when it comes to plastic straws and single-use plastics as a whole, for that matter, it is, as Sweaty Penguin episode topics often are, a much more complicated and nuanced issue with not only problems, but potential solutions that aren't exactly um, the first things that people think about. Valina, what were your, same question, what were your thoughts going into the episode and what were your thoughts after the episode? It was really exciting when you told me that we were going to be doing this because I was like, oh, this is one of those topics where I actually, you know, at least I've heard people around me talk about it. And I think you guys are right. It's very almost easy to uh, kind of be a hot button issue because I think as Dr. Wagner said, um, it's something controllable. Like it seems like technically or like when you first look at it, like it's something that's very easy to do and stuff. So like my friends and I or my, my friends mostly would like bully me whenever I would have like a plastic straw and that works. So bullying works, I guess is my point, but listening to the episode was great. And I was really excited that you touched on the, um, or that you brought in the disability aspect because that was when I started to kind of take a more nuanced look at straws and realize that, um, you know, it wasn't just this kind of thing where like, Oh, we should just get rid of these and figure out something else, anything else, because, uh, often the disabled community, especially physical disabilities is so overlooked. So very excited. And then also um, I'm mad at you now because you slandered Ikea and their meatballs, which I love. So we're fighting now, but that's okay. That's fine. Don't worry. He also uh, attacked my precious New England Patriots and my own personal Lord and Savior, Bill Belichick. So Ethan and I are also at war. Um, Just want to let you know, Ethan, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're a Steelers fan. It's not your fault things like that are out of your control. I'm deeply, deeply sympathetic that Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell don't love you, but things will get better, I promise. I started a lot of wars in this episode. I listened back today. I went 
a good two minutes on Sabrina Carpenter first. Yeah, you took a hard stance. That was that was hilarious. And we're I gonna send the was... link out for this episode to a bunch of Olivia Rodrigo Stan accounts. Yeah. So uh we're gonna upload those downloads for you. Yeah, my girlfriend Lindsay is a big Olivia Rodrigo fan and she was the one feeding all this into my ear about <laughs> Sabrina Carpenter. I knew nothing about it prior, but got myself very invested and uh, this last weekend, she was in New York City, and I guess there was an Olivia Rodrigo pop-up, and they went. She wasn't actually there anymore, but um, I was really bummed, because I was like, I want to go tell Olivia Rodrigo that I stood up for her for two minutes on my podcast. Her reach um, is unimaginable. Yeah. So back to straws. <laughs> <laughs> Part of what just stuck with me about this episode is the fact that this issue is so high profile when yes it is a real issue but not on the level that climate change is an issue or deforestation is an issue i talked a little bit about it but why do you feel like this issue has captured such public attention even more so than other plastics I think it is in part because for so many people, uh, bar those with disabilities or the medical necessity for one, straws are an incredibly arbitrary item. So it does seem like something where whether or not you choose to use one is a simple gesture that might show other people how you feel about a larger issue. So even if you're use, if someone's using a plastic straw almost absentmindedly, arbitrarily because it's given to them, they might uh, sort of be sending a signal to somebody, whether they know it or not, that they don't necessarily care about single-use plastics. So it's something that's well within people's control. It's something that doesn't really make a difference whether or not you use it, but it sends a greater message about how much you care about the environment and about pollution. Um, wow, I wish I had gone first. I don't want to follow that. That sounds way cooler than what I was going to say. Um, I 100% agree with Leo. I think it is that kind of feeling for most people, unless you have generally a physical need for it, and those people are often so overlooked. Um, it does feel kind of arbitrary, especially with all the alternatives that you have, especially the reusable ones that people provide. Um, it was kind of embarrassing because when you were talking about uh, how they can physically affect like your own stomach health and like wrinkles, I was drinking from two separate straws at the time. Granted, they were reusable, but like I was drinking two separate drinks as I was driving down here earlier. And that was upsetting for me. But I think another reason that it's been such a uh, high profile issue is because I think it's very easy for um, big corporations to glom onto, I would guess, because it's kind of something that A, it was like trendy and B, it's a simple enough change to where you generally don't have to change a ton about like your company's infrastructure, like you kind of would have to with like other big environmental issues. And with straws, you can kind of hop onto that train and be like, oh, see, we're cool. We're not going to have straws anymore either. huh? We're just, we're just going to throw away all those straws we had. So I think especially when companies publicize it so much, it really gives it that traction to become such a big hot topic issue. Uh, let's dive into alternatives, actually. So do you guys, what do you think of the straw alternatives? Do you like any of them? Do you think that's a viable solution? I feel like I've definitely, um, especially on the disability side, people, a lot of people with disabilities have kind of created these little infographics that like kind of explain why each alternative doesn't really work universally for a lot of people with disabilities, whether it's the glass, because then you might just go crunch, 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 
um, or <laughs> like um, just like things that won't hold up with hot liquids, which is what a lot of people are using them for, or um, how paper straws just disintegrate into your drink. I that, that that's got to be my my that's the one I have the most beef with, just because I think they frustrate me so much that I get like irrationally angry at them. I feel like my favorite actually has been kind of like silicone straws that I've um, one of my roommates from last year use them. And actually, I think I still have one in my water bottle that I accidentally stole from her. Um, it's fine. I'll buy her a new one. But they're kind of they've been dishwasher safe. They've been um, very reusable and very comfortable. And they don't give that weird feeling that metal does when you're kind of trying to suck through it in your mouth. Um, so that one's been my favorite. But I'm sure, honestly, if we look into it at all, I'm sure there's some kind of horrible process or just like massive effect it has too. So yeah, the alternatives are hard. And I think you're right that like, looking into alternatives really kind of only deflects and can just cause other issues. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat where out of all of the alternatives that have been posed, it seems to me like from a utilitarian standpoint, silicone would be the most effective in terms of its ability to withstand temperature changes, its uh, accessibility to people with disabilities, and then of course its ability to be reused. But one thing that I sort of did, did a little bit of research on because I was trying to figure it out. Like, why do we have straws? Why do we need them? Because if you think about it, someone at some point had to decide that there was a process that they wanted to partake in that required a tool that didn't exist. So they invented the straw and I found nothing. So as far as I can tell, again, barring the need for people with a medical necessity, you don't need a straw. You, you no, just, just drink your cup. Like it's a, it's a beverage. You know how to do this. Like I understand that you might be like, if you're actually one of those people who's like, but I need a straw. I like a straw. No, you don't. You're an adult. You know how to drink from a cup. Just, just use a cup. <laughs> Can we make like a 30 second ad campaign, like national, just Leo telling people how to drink from a cup, like an adult. Honestly, I, that's a potential solution. And isn't that what we're looking for here? I, I personally am cool sipping from a cup. I also, I don't mind paper straws. I know most people mind paper straws. I really don't care. Uh, I think it's worth noting too that paper straws were the original straws. Plastic straws came in later. Um, so I know that much. I don't know, or I might have known this, but I can't remember how they were invented or why they were invented. I feel like this is true of just so many products we use in our life. Like who thought that we need this? Wait, question, maybe milkshakes? Like I, I'm not saying that had to be the origin story of straws. No, but, but no, like, in, all, was... in all seriousness, the number one reason to keep plastic straws around is so that people can romantically drink out of the same milkshake in old style diners. That is such That's a good it. point, Leo. And we need to talk about that more. That's something that people need to talk about. That's so important, honestly, is the rom-com moment where you share a milkshake and you look at each other and you're like, are we drinking out of the same milkshake with these two plastic straws that we're not feeling too guilty about, hopefully? It's hard to do that with a piece of Bucatini. <laughs> <laughs> or Twizzler. Oh, then God, you're just the Twizzlers. <laughs> Twizzler. I feel like one time I tried that and I was like, I hate this. This was awful this actually decreased my quality of life just trying this once yeah yeah i think there's something to be said for just drinking out of your cup if uh you're able to um 
I don't mind paper straws. I know a lot of people do. I actually am not big on reusable straws because I just don't like doing dishes. And, uh, but it's also the kind of thing, like, I'm not going to carry a straw around with me when I can just pick up my cup and drink. So, but yeah, there's something to be said for, like, having all the alternatives on the market and people can pick what they want to pick. That's, I don't think there has to be a end-all and be-all straw. I think what it comes down to then is at a restaurant or something, what kind of straws are you serving? And I think that gets more into the policy. So we talked about a variety of different policy avenues. Straw bans are kind of the ones in the news, but we talked about taxes. We talked about default choice modification, uh, which doesn't necessarily have to be a policy, more just a strategy. What were your guys' thoughts about that discussion? I think for me, I always tend to err on the side of people have the right to do whatever they want to do so long as it doesn't impede the ability of others to do what they want to do. So in America, there are lots of products that are on the market that can cause harm to others in some way or another. Uh, We allow people to manufacture, sell, and buy guns. But that comes with a burden uh, on the purchaser that you are not going to use the gun to cause direct harm to someone else. So not to say that guns and straws are level on or equal on any sort of level in terms of their ability to do harm. But it does say something about when we do have a product that can cause a danger to other people or society as a whole, who does the burden fall on in terms of keeping other people safe with that product? Does it fall on the consumer to dispose of it responsibly? Does it fall on a waste management company perhaps to find a safer way to dispose of them? Or do we go straight to manufacturers and say the very existence of plastic straws is a net negative to society as a whole and we are going to cause you to shut down? Personally, I think uh, it will fall on waste management at some point. I think that Recycling as a concept is relatively new. And um, if anything we've learned from recycling will tell us that uh, innovation in terms of sustainability and recyclable materials is progressing constantly. And at some point or another, we will find a way to make plastic straws recyclable or at least prevent them from getting into the ocean. That's actually, I honestly, I pretty much share those thoughts actually, because I was really listening to it. And I think Leo's right that it is, I do kind of believe that this one really should be like a personal choice and right, especially because um, it can be so helpful for people with physical disabilities and especially the more invisible ones that are just kind of neurological, but like, like the kind where even just lifting the cup more often than day will take so much more of a significant hit out of your ability to do things than most people it would. So I think that it is an important right to leave. And I think I kind of do hopefully believe in the whole, uh, changing default uh, system, I think that is a great idea. Um, I will say with the sample size of one, it's worked on me really well, because uh, generally I don't use the straw unless it's given to me. And I think that also cuts down on the the waste of straws in general, because they're usually put at a table and people don't always really use them. And I think I want to say for sanitary reasons, they still have to throw away those straws, which is always like a uh, moment. Um, And so I think making the default, not handing out straws, but keeping them on hand is great. I think Leo's got a great point of, I don't really know where that's enforced. Like, do we just kind of trust restaurants to do it? Do we, um, do we kind of make like a, 
soft law where you're just like, hey, man, hold back on that unless like someone asks for it. Uh, I don't know, but I, I definitely agree that plastic straws should not be mixed. And I think also Leo's right. Um, that's something else I was thinking about is we have so many you know, bright young people who are really interested in the environment, especially as we're kind of all panicking about the environment. Um, I personally have met so many people that are specifically studying it. And I feel like Leo's right, we're gonna find somebody's going to figure out ways that we can biodegrade plastic, some kind of specific way that like we can get it down to a non-plastic material or create a variant of plastic that does break down over a certain number of years. So I, I have a lot of hope for that actually too. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, right now we obviously cannot recycle plastic straws, nor can we turn plastic into something that's not plastic. I wish we um, could, though. It, it would solve a lot. really would. Uh, but again, it's a question of what are what end up being the consequences if you do figure out a way to do that. I know that there's some uh, work with certain like bacteria that can break down plastic. I'm not sure what they break it down into, but the headlines will just say like it eats plastic or breaks down. I'm like, okay, tell me more. But then you think about, okay, well, if we flood our oceans with this type of bacteria, then what? Uh, so there's always so many questions with that kind of thing. But yeah, I find the default choice modification to be really interesting. I was talking to someone about it when we were out to dinner and we didn't get straws and I was saying that that was kind of a cool policy idea and they're like yeah but I don't want to be that annoying person that's like hey can I have a straw and I'm like exactly that's why it works shame works <laughs> bullying works I'm telling you yeah I mean if you feel uncomfortable making that request that's a straw saved so I mean, I don't think it should be something where people feel truly guilty to ask for a straw, but I mean, as someone, like I have a peanut allergy, I always have to talk to the server about like, hey, I have a peanut allergy, like, can you check with the kitchen about this? Like, you have to consciously think about it and put a certain effort in when you're making a special request like that, and I think that alone will just deter a lot of people, and a lot of people won't even think about it, they'll just sip their drink from the cup. The last thing I want to ask is I, a lot of environmentalists have talked about plastic straws as being like the, they use the word gateway plastic and I hate that, but um, basically like something we can start with because the single use plastic issue is just so big that we have to start somewhere and why not straws? And I think my episode answers why not straws, but do you think that approach of picking a plastic working on it then moving to another plastic is a good or bad idea and do you see a plastic that might be worth uh focusing on if not straws um i'm not gonna lie i think that that logic is somewhat backwards i think that by asking people to make what is ultimately uh an inconsequential change uh is just going to sort of turn more people off to the idea of skipping single-use plastics rather than encouraging more people to do so. So I think the best line of logic that people would be more susceptible to, like I said, is if single-use plastics are bad, single-use plastics are bad, stop using them. 
And I think that's a message that people are more ready and willing to understand. Because even if it is a drastic change in the way you live your life, at least we can point to numbers, point to the amount of plastic in the ocean and say, this is what we're confronting head on. I think that's a fantastic point. And um, yeah, I would add that when we kind of go ham on like one sort of thing, like we did with plastic straws, it's very easy for um, us to kind of just sit back and be like, well, we did it after we, you know, come up with some kind of solution with that, which I think kind of has happened with plastic straws. I think people just push reusable straws and like those lids at Starbucks, not knowing that we're cre creating so many other problems. And I think Leo's right that like the right way to approach it, in my opinion, I think is moderation in general. And I think he's right. Like just generally try to avoid mango use plastics. Like my friends who um, are plant-based for the environment, uh, a lot of them don't try and like preach about like that, uh, about like cutting out meat or anything like that. Like they just, like when they talk to people, they're just like, oh yeah, like even just like, just missing one meal of it is is helpful. Just like avoiding it, like not just eating it every day is something. And I think kind of just taking that mentality of like, let's try to do something and let's go more broad and moderate, I think is gonna provide us better, uh, better results. Well, it was really great to hear both of your, not only insights on this issue, but your insights into the political circles you come from, where you came at this from, and where you've ended up since hearing uh, the Sweaty Penguins take on it. Do either of you have anything else you want to add? Um, I, one thing that we didn't really get to touch on uh, that is probably part of this discussion as much as any other is that there's no real way to uh, enforce any of this outside of the confines of the U.S. Really, we always talk about policy decisions and things we can do to make things better. So um, I'd refer anyone to uh, episode 30 on international accountability just to sort of get more insight into how we can enforce any sort of environmental regulation, especially straws uh, on a global scale. Yeah, we've Look got at Leo a... with the meta ad. Nice. Yeah. That's good. No, all these episodes really do tie together, but we've got a bonus on international accountability too. So uh, Christian and Matt and I had a conversation about that. And uh, Straws is one where I think a lot of the world is, I don't want to say ahead of the US just because um, there's j just different ways of approaching it politically, but a lot of places are uh, very in tune to the issue of single-use plastics in ways that the U.S. isn't. Yeah, Felina, anything you wanted to add? Go Sweaty Penguin. Listen to other episodes because maybe it'll help you come up with a solution. And then also, if you figure out one, um, email us. Email the Sweaty Penguin. <laughs> yeah, because we're in the power to implement such solutions. Yes, you know how much power this <laughs> small podcast has. We will Ethan think Brown that. takes personal credit for any ideas that any listener has about the environment. He will take personal accountability to make sure that your idea is heard and implemented. Don't worry. Yeah. Just place all of your bets on him. Send me your national policy ideas and I will do that, apparently. <laughs> well, Valina and Leo, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me again, man. Always good to be on. This wraps up this week's bonus episode of The Sweaty Penguin. A little personal update for you. I'm actually in the midst of a cross-country move right now to California. If you're listening to this on the 16th, I'm actually moving in today. And I needed to take a quick little break as I settle in. But what you may or may not know is 
Our interviews with our experts actually go a lot longer than you hear in the 15-minute segment each week. We usually talk for about a half hour and go on a bunch of fun and interesting tangents. So our sound editor, Frank, and I, we went back and we picked out two of our favorite past interviews. So on the 23rd and the 30th, we'll be posting extended cuts of them for you. We've also got a third extended cut we're going to post on the 26th, special for our patrons on Patreon. So if you're not signed up there, now is the perfect time. As little as five bucks a month, you get that episode, you get merch, you get tons of great stuff. So extended cut July 23rd, Patreon extended cut July 26th, extended cut July 30th, and then August 6th, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled episodes. Thanks for tuning in this week, and be sure to tune in next week for our little behind-the-scenes look at some of our favorite Sweaty Penguin interviews. Today's episode was written by Ethan Brown, edited by Frank Hernandez, and produced by Ethan Brown, Shannon Damiano, Frank Hernandez, and Caroline Kale. Our ads were voiced by Frank Hernandez, and our music was composed by Brett Saka. Special thanks to our Emperor Penguin patrons, Lawrence Harris and Brownies Central.